Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Samuel Sells. Hey, Samuel, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am very, very well, and I'm excited to talk to you about the work that you're doing. Sam is the Chief Executive Officer of Wild Mountain Capital. They're looking at the process of providing capital in a different way. And so the idea is basically to transform the most neglected and distressed things like affordable housing into healthy, well-governed communities that are affordable, really applying kind of a different methodology for the capitalistic paradigm. And so we'll get into what Sam is building and his team has been shaping over the last couple of years at Wild Mountain Capital. But before we get there, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show and for, uh, you know, the opportunity to speak with you. So, you know, I'm a retired Air Force guy, but I started uh, flipping home, working um, in this industry in the early 2000s and really kind of made it through the, um, I have to apologize, my four-year-old's in the background. Uh, No worries, no worries. (laughs) Yeah, so so I I started flipping flipping home, doing that rehab thing, you know, way back in the early 2000s and made it through the 2008 crashes because I just always have been focused on that you know, very, very low basis uh, places where homes are most important. And then, you know, while I was in the military, I spent the last 10 plus years engaged in helping foreign countries develop or enhance their healthcare systems. And it was really during that time that I learned that government policies and monies will never be able to fix these significant issues that that lead to lack of housing, lack, lack of health care, uh, lack of financial security, and, and uh it really kind of came to me one time that uh, speaking with a leader in um, West Asia and, and it, you know, I, I realized that I have to get his incentives aligned for this thing to work. And once I did that, aligned it um, with him and helped him to see how he physically profited or he got better off, it changed his outlook. And then it changed the whole system there in that country because he started giving a a crap for the you know for the better sense of the word and and so um came back and as i was getting towards the end of uh, my military career i i thought you know how do i go and impact the world in a big way um and i thought about my my past 10 12 years i thought you know i've learned about these incentives let's see if we can go do this um let's go try and tackle this housing security issue that we have in america yeah, and I see that is really the core focus right now for Wild Mountain Capital. So tell me more about how that's shaped and where you guys are going right now. Yeah, so we we started um, early. I started with my dad and my brother, um, convinced my brother to come out of special operations. And, you know, he's he's very hands-on, loves to be on the ground, works with people, um, of every, you know, background and, and challenging situations. He loves that stuff, which was perfect. And then uh, my dad with 30 plus years of construction experience, 
you know, people say, oh, I don't necessarily want to work with family. And I think, well, who else is going to work for free at the beginning, you know? <laughs> and so we, we started that. We started out with mobile home parks and uh, COVID hit. And that just really slowed us down a lot in the area between financing, securing debt, securing capital. And we transferred over into multifamily and we haven't had any, any issues since. Well, there's been issues, but we've been able to to ramp that up quite uh, speedily and and had a lot of success there in the multifamily space. So tell me more about what exactly it would look like if someone worked with you guys at Wild Mountain Capital. Yeah, great question. So um, we operate um, a little bit differently, right? So our, our main focus is to take on these incredibly distressed, uh, sometimes not quite as distressed, uh, you know, visually, but very, you know, whether it's poor property management or ownership, uh, something that has caused a lot of distress to that place. And it just becomes run down. There's um, crime there. There's some other issues. And so investors will syndicate. And so we'll bring on, you know, regular uh, folks who can invest just like they would into a, a institution, except there's no middleman. So if you're investing in a REIT, a real estate investment trust, you're giving a large institution money that's going to go do exactly what we're doing, except they're taking a portion of your profits. Mm -hmm. So you're more directly focused on what's happening and you also know what's happening with your money. So investors can come connect with us and join us as we go and, and tackle the deal. We also do joint ventures with large institutions. So we closed our last uh, property in Dallas-Fort Worth that was distressed. Uh, with large institution, multi-billion dollar company. Uh, we've done uh, joint ventures with private investors, uh, but the, the the goal is all the same, right? It's to tackle this, um, you know, affordability crisis in America um, by doing it in the multifamily space and in a way that is highly impactful, both from a return on investment um, and uh, impactful to the residents themselves and to the communities. So we find ourselves in a crazy year you know, with the economy and uh, lots of talk about inflation and the R word and all of those lovely right. things of, you know, recession. Oh, what does that mean? Tell me a little bit about the big trends that you're seeing in your space. I mean, is the inflation stuff weighing on you guys or how are you thinking about that? Yeah, in inflation is real. Right. I mean, I, I don't think anyone can deny that. Um, the policies that have been, the financial policies have been frustrating. Um, and I say that from a, you know, I got my uh, master's degree in health policy. I spent a lot of time on the policy side, working from DC uh, to working down at the ground level in Africa, Asia, Europe, uh, wherever, trying to see how the policies are, are taking effect and then being on the ground level with planning, effectively planning these different engagements and, and how we make those sustainable. So policy and what's on the ground has been disconnected, disjointed, and it's easy. If you're, you're in DC, uh, you should know that policy and, and how the effects and ramifications are, are easy to get disjointed. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, because of that, we find ourselves in this interesting situation. It's affected us on the health, on, on real estate side. It's been great for all the properties that we currently own. It's been difficult for trying to acquire new places. And so our underwriting has become extremely stringent mm. um, to try and ensure that we, 
you know, if we can't make a difference there and we, we can't make money doing it, we, we just can't do it. It's not sustainable. Right. Yeah. It's finding that kind of sweet spot where you can make the difference, but you can do it in a way that's truly sustainable, which totally makes sense to me. Over the last couple of years, um, you know, we've gone through this wild pandemic and you've really focused on this space that you guys are in through the lovely years before the pandemic to through the pandemic to today. I'm just curious to get a sense of what insights you have for us and perhaps how that kind of changed the way you guys did business. Yeah. So, you know, reflecting back to the 2008 crisis and, and we are not in 2008 right now. If anybody, I mean, I know that's popular thing to throw around in the media. It scares people, causes them to do action. Great. You know, that's a great scare tactic. We are not in 2008 right now. Banks are not collapsing. Um, We're, we're just not there. The, but the reason lessons that I've learned were, you know, in 2008, we got through it just fine because we, our basis was low and we were cash flowing. Okay. And so right now we're doing that same model that no matter what happens, if our basis is relatively low to the market, meaning that we got a property at a discount to the market um, and it cash flows or will cash flow shortly, then we're in a pretty good position, period. Right. Now, it's, as investors in multifamily, we can buy a property, hold on to it for, in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where the market's going to be in 10 years, but you know, if we're cash flowing that whole time, we're doing great, right? Yeah. Uh, but what's different is, is when you're investing in a way that makes a difference, you're not only are you making money, but because you know where your money's going, you know how it's imp- impacting lives, people's lives are getting better. Um, dramatically better. And we could, I could share tons of anecdotes from time walk on the properties and, and other things over the past four years that we've been doing this. It's just, it's remarkable. So what we can continue to have this huge impact and we're still cash flowing, we're still making money. And so if your return goes from, let's say 20% annually or annualized down to 15% annualized, that's better than negative 30% in the stock market, right? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And so it's trying to kind of keep that model going. I think that will be the key to success going forward. You know, Sam, here we are, 2022, lots of stuff going on. You know, I'm going to ask you to be a little bit of the short-term Nostradamus here, which is, you know, what do you see on the horizon for the rest of this year and next? I, you know... What, what we're seeing is a lot of the smaller players are getting out of the market um, because they're just getting priced out. I'm really concerned for a lot of those who are syndicating based off of the beauty of a property class A because uh, their basis is really high and their cash flow is really low. Um, and so th- those things concern me. And, you know, but that being said, what, what I see is that people, as more and more attention gets put onto the affordability crisis, I think, and the newer the newer generation is coming up is far more con- concerned with, you know, clean energy, clean, you know, uh, clean eating, and and our our emphasis is clean money. You know, invest in a way that's going to better our futures. I think that's just going to get stronger and stronger. And I think, you know, I hope that short term Nostradamus says that this this is going to continue and get, become a, a bigger, bigger, you know, 
boulder rolling down the mountain and gathering up other rocks as we all go down to in improve the future of, of our country. Sam, I think we have a new nickname for you. Short-term Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sam, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what Wild Mountain Capital is doing, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, so you can reach out, please. Uh, you know, there's info at wildmountaincapital.com. That'll reach uh, my team. If you want to reach out to me directly, sam at wildmountaincapital.com. I'll spell it out. Uh, come, go to our website, wildmountaincapital.com. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. I just started, you know, look, I'm 40 years old. So this stuff is all, um, you know, learning how to to get there better um also just started a, a clean money podcast where we're just we're talking to so many different people out there who are trying to do good and make money doing it and which is better for investors so you know if you want to become part of something bigger than yourself where you're making a different other difference in other people's lives but you you know you still are working your your job this is a great way to do that I like that. I like that phrase, doing good while making money at the same time. It's a good idea for sure, Sam. Well, we've been speaking with the Chief Executive Officer of Wild Mountain Capital, which aims to change people's lives by transforming the most neglected and distressed affordable housing into healthy, well-governed communities that are affordable. Sam, thanks so much for being on the podcast and webcast today, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate Cheers. it. You also see big players in the B2B space like Udon in Indonesia, which is a super unicorn. Uh, Gudanada as well. Um, so these, there's some pretty big players out there, um, even in the B2B space. I think what hasn't happened yet is the type of real cloud data enterprise management, um, the, the, the data brick snowflake effect, if you will, um, for these countries. And that's where we're, we're trying to get in and, and build some of these data relationships. But the data itself uh, needs to be acquired in a slightly different way than in a place like the U.S. Yeah, completely see that. And it, it also sounds like uh, perhaps uh, if Amazon has some real competitors in the future, they're going to probably emerge from some of these fast growing markets uh, as they as they build up their approach and then can can go out and compete in a, a global perspective, which would be really oh. exciting. Yeah, I mean, already. Right. Uh, Alibaba already. Right. And yeah. Alibaba already. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Max, I mean, I really love what you guys are working on. And certainly I can see the the use of data, the way you're collecting the data in a, a really exciting way will get you large data deposits quickly and accurately. And it sounds also that you're working on some other things as well. I think, you know, we've spoken a little bit about the blockchain space. Um, what are your plans for your business in the future? And, and how do you think things are going to progress over the next couple of years in the markets? Well, I'll take the second part first. Yeah. Uh, went into Pakistan. I had a flight booked to Jakarta, to be honest, and they closed the country uh, again for COVID reasons, um, for, to close the country to foreigners uh, right after Christmas last year. So I went off to Pakistan and Pakistan consulate in Hong Kong knew me pretty well and 
I told them what I wanted to do and they said, all right, uh, if you really want to, brave guy, it's, we're, we'll, we'll give you a visa. So I went out to, to Pakistan around that time. And I thought maybe this is a bit early of a concept mm. uh, for supply retail supply chain in Pakistan. You know, is, is, is Pakistan really ready for artificial intelligence? And I know a handful of companies that are taking a different approach to us, but they are basically doing the same thing. So it, it, is, it is happening. And driven perhaps by, by COVID, but other factors, uh, digital commerce is, is just accelerating very, very quickly. So the whole supply chain from manufacturer to third-party logistics, to brand, to distributor, to even the smallest retailers is going digital. Mm -hmm. And that is going happening faster than even I thought. And that digitalization is going to drive a lot of disruption. So the legacy companies that are distributing the product based upon the flow of the kind of the push model that everybody has had um, for decades, if not centuries, uh, that is going to be replaced by new demand-driven models. And, and those that can really come in and understand risk intelligently and finance uh, with the right insights mm -hmm. will uh, really have multi-trillion dollar retail supply chains that they can move liquidity into and, and earn, uh, earn, earn value from. So, so mm -hmm. that's really what's happening is you kind of saw it. And it, sounds, it sounds like you were even surprised at how quickly it's been happening. Yeah. And I've been speaking to a lot of some similar companies recently and really impressed. And, and the money's coming in, not from just Pakistani VCs or Middle East VCs, but US-based VCs with very limited Pakistani connections. You know, funds like Antler are, and, and Wavemaker in Singapore are, are, are funding a lot of these companies in, in, their, in their second round. So it, it's really changing changing quickly. And so I think it will be almost unrecognizable in, in a few years. I really think it's changing that fast. And so that's that's one thing. But what we want to do is we still see that these are aggregated. The data is managed in, in chains. Mm -hmm. So it's managed through a, a B2B e-commerce provider into the stores that they serve for the SKUs and products that they have in their network. And nobody's really covering it across brands, across products, across everything. And, and that, I believe, is a, a, just a tremendous opportunity. So, so we are launching really the biggest supply chain data acquisition initiative in the history of Asia. And wow. we're doing this through a tokenization micro incentive scheme. And I think this is going to drive a lot of economic value for us as a company and our customers. Mm -hmm. But I actually truly believe, and I've seen the, the beginnings of this, I actually truly believe we're actually going to have a real positive impact on the lives of literally tens of millions of people. And, and ultimately, the supply chains will be better for, for a billion. But I think I'm talking about direct impact. And yeah. I'm talking about money, money in the wallet. Yeah, money yeah. on the day, So, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Max, thank you so much for talking to us about what Libera Trade is up to. 
I must admit, hearing that you were headed off to places like Pakistan during during COVID is just impressive. You are uh, you certainly are a pioneer in this space, and excited to see what Libera Trade does over the next couple of years. Um, if someone wanted to reach you and learn more about what you're up to, uh, where should they find you? Uh, just on uh, on email, it's uh, you know max w-a-r-d at liberatrade.ai or uh, just click the contact on our website and you'll find a way to reach me there. Excellent. Great. Well, we've been speaking with Max Ward. He's the chief executive officer of Liberatrade, which is a very innovative company providing AI solutions for logistics and supply chain businesses in emerging markets by accumulating data from small and medium enterprises, thereby helping them to predict demand, grow sales, and minimize waste. Um, He is working on some very, very exciting stuff in the Asia-Pacific market specifically, and we're excited to read more about what Liberatrade is up to in the near future. So, Max, thank you so much for being on Uncaged. Great. Really appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks. 